Welcome to another powerful teaching from Exodus Global. As a ministry, we are committed to inspiring a generation to develop a closer work with God. We urge that you pay attention to all that will be taught and see to it that you apply it. Let's dive right into the Word. We are going to take the last stanza of that song and I want us to take it with reverence. I want us to take it with understanding. Hallelujah. Come here, be projected. No guilt in life, right? Hallelujah. Yeah, just give us into it. Guilt in life, no fearing death. This is the power of Christ in me. From stanza in Christ alone who took on flesh because that's what I'm going to be teaching on hallelujah in Christ alone who took on flesh full as of God in helpless this of love and righteousness formed by the ones he came Thank God for His love towards you. Thank Him for His love. Thank Him. Open up your mouth and begin to thank God for His love. The Bible says, while we were yet, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Is this how you are going to thank God for His love? Thank Him for His love. The proof of His love is not that He gave you a new job. The proof of His love is not that He gave you a new car. The proof of His love is not that... He gave you that thing that you have been praying after. Yes, those things are important and He desires to give us those things. But the ultimate proof of His love is that He sent His Son to die for you and me. Can you thank God for His love that is revealed to us in Christ? I don't think our numbers here should be an hindrance. Come on, the glory of young people is their strength. Can you show for that strength in your voice? And thank God for the gifts of His love and salvation. Oh, thank you for your love that was made manifest. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That stanza says, In Christ alone we took on flesh. Fullness of God in helpless pain. He did this for you. He did this for me. Oh, Father, we thank you for your love. Oh, Shabbat Barate Kebalaya. If you're online, 
resistance is not a barrier in the spirit. Wherever you may be, whether at work, whether at home, whether at your bedroom, wherever you may be right now, thank God for His love. Thank God for His love that was made manifest in Christ Jesus. The Bible says in John 3:16 that for God so loved the world. When He says for God so loved the world, He's speaking about Polua. He's speaking about you. Put your name on it and say, God, for God so loved me. For God so loved me. For God so loved me that He gave His only begotten Son. For God so loved me. Oh, my liar, Baba Shapa. Increase the keyboard a bit. Come on, thank Him for His love. We're not wasting time. Many times we, we, we start grumbling, we start complaining about what's not working. We start complaining about the economy. But we have lost touch. We have lost sight of greatest gift. The Bible says, thank God for this indescribable gift. Oh, Father, I thank you. Oh, yala ma shela ma hayana basha baradakai. Oh, sekete la baha. We're still going to take some time to thank God for this indescribable gift. Oh, shela ba yala ba yala basha. Prole man delivered a delivered Oh, ba yaba basha baratela. Abaka ba yanande In Jesus' name, we're still giving thanks. Don't worry, you're going to have your seat very quickly, but Ephesians chapter 3. We're still going to thank God. I see, you see, I want us to understand um, that the love of God is such a powerful force. Because in fact, God is love himself. Hallelujah. And many times, many times, we lose sight, you know, maybe, oh, I needed a healing, and I didn't get the healing, so it's like, does God really love me? Oh, I needed this, I didn't get it, does God really love me? And we begin to question his love, whereas he has answered that question by sending Jesus to die for you, by sending Jesus to die for me. Are we following what I'm saying? So Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, chapter 3 from verse 14, if you can have it projected in KJV. Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 14. Please, you can have it. Alright, can we read together one to go? For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Uh-huh. Verse 16. That it would what? Come on, read like you have life in you. That he would what? Grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17. That Christ may dwell richly in your heart by faith. Uh huh. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be what? Able to understand with all the saints what is the and length and depth and and to know the love of Christ. Watch this. It says what? The love of Christ does what? 
Come on, read like you have life in you. The love of Christ does what? He passed knowledge. He passed knowledge. The love of Christ passed knowledge. The love of Christ is above all things. Hallelujah. How do I know that I'm going to get that job? Because I have seen the goodness of God. I have seen the love of God made manifest in Him sending Jesus to die for me. Are you following what I'm saying? I don't have to ever, ever, ever doubt God, God's love for me. I don't have to doubt His love for me. The Bible says we can place and we can continually grow in the revelation of the knowledge of God or in the revelation knowledge of the love of God in the breadth, the length, the depth and the height. It shows you that the love of God is so magnanimous. Hallelujah. So we're going to thank God for His love again. Listen, the Bible says that it translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His dear Son. The Bible says we're bound to eternal damnation. But now He has redeemed us by the blood. Listen, the things that we hear, the things that we read in the scriptures, they are not cunningly devised fables. They are not myths. They actually happen. He was whipped by those stripes. And if you know the, some of us that have watched Passion of Christ, if you know the way those Roman stripes look like, they have this, um, what would I describe it now? It's, it's not just, just wipe like, like that. They have this, is it torn now? I'll call it now. Like, let's say like blade. So each time Jesus was smitten by those stripes, it was taking a part of his flesh away. He did all of that for you and I. How can you not say God doesn't love you? How can you not say God doesn't love you? Oh, because you didn't get that thing. Oh, God doesn't love me. Oh, because that guy left. Oh, God doesn't love me. Oh, because this and that happened. God doesn't love me. Can we lift up our hands? I just want us to do this for the next two minutes and we're going to have our seat. Just thank God for His love. Thank Him for His love. Thank Him for His love. Take your away the away from the material things. Focus on salvation. His love revealed in salvation. Thank You for Your love. Thank you for your love. How do I know I am going to be so blessed in Reset 2023? Because he loves me. Because he sent Jesus to die for me. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, that having delivered up his son freely for us, how shall he much more freely give us all things? So how do I know that I'm going to receive the word of God in abundance? How do I know that by attending Reset 2023, whether in person or online, my life is going to be changed? Because God sent Jesus. God revealed His love to me by sending Jesus to die for me. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
For we have not gathered unto ourselves, we have gathered unto you. And we thank you because this love is revealed. Even in this meeting, the Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. Oh, we thank you. Because fear gives way in this meeting. Because once again, we see the revelation of your love. Oh, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Thank you for your love. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's who I am. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. He said he has loved you with an everlasting love. That's who I am. You are, you are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect. That's who you are, and I'm loved by you. That's who I am. I am the beloved of God. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are, and I'm loved by you. That's who I am. That's who I am. Hey, you're a good, good father. Can we get some drums on this? Hey, that's who you are. That's who you are. And I'm loved by you. Hey. You're a good, 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 good father.
All right. Once again, you're welcome to Reset 2023. Um, we trust God for a blessed time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. I want to thank you for coming. Um, I know most people might, might, might plan to come tomorrow, but then we just trust God for His grace even today to kick off powerfully. Hallelujah. Alright, so I want to thank you all for coming. Um, and for those who are connecting with us online, um, this stance is not a barrier in the spirit, like I said earlier. So please, let your heart be open to receive all that God has for you and you're going to be so blessed. Hallelujah. So I want to thank you all once again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to thank everyone that made this meeting possible. Um, from my biological family, mentors, my church, people that partnered with this meeting. And then, I mean, Exodus team, you guys are so amazing. Can we just give a round of applause for every one of these people? <laughs> Hallelujah. Alright, so we have a lot to do in the scriptures. I'm going to be doing a lot of teaching in research this year. Are we ready? Okay. It's not because of what <laughs> I said I should come down. Uh, okay. Because I'm feeling like I'm far from us. But I know we also want to use the projector. Alright, can we open our Bibles to Second Peter chapter 1. Let's start from Second Peter chapter 1. From verse 12 to verse 21. We're going to look at this verse in KJV and then in NLT. I really trust God that we'll be able to gain some ground today. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Alright, so the topic that we're looking at this year at Reset is the man Christ Jesus. Can we echo that together? The man Christ Jesus. And you're going to understand as we proceed in the teaching why we're looking at this topic. So Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 12 to verse 21. Are we all there? Come on, are we all there? Alright. Verse 12, it says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. Verse 13 says, Yeah, I think it is meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to steer you up by putting you in remembrance. Let's jump to verse 16. Because of time. Let's jump to verse 16. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. If you're following me, can we read it together? One to go. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, yes. When we made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom, verse 18 together, one to go. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Now, back to verse 12. If we go back to verse 12, can we have verse 12 in NLT? Verse 12 in NLT. Hallelujah. Alright, sorry from here. It says, therefore I will always remind you about these things. Even though you already know them. Is it projected? Alright, good. So let's check the screen. It says, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. 
Now, so the goal of this teaching that we're going to be looking at in research this year is not to necessarily teach us something new. In that sense. Are you following what I'm saying? Alright, so it's not to necessarily teach us a new revelation. Rather, it's to see that we stand firm. Alright? Or is to see that we are stronger in the things that we already know concerning the faith. If I ask every one of us now, alright, that did Jesus come as a man? What will answer be? Come on, answer me. Yes, right? Is Jesus God? Why is the answer lesser? <laughs> is Jesus God? Good. Jesus in heaven right now. <laughs> is he as God or as man? <laughs> Alright, so we're going to answer these questions. Alright, and many more in this teaching. So the goal of this teaching is to see that we're established in these things that we probably have at least some level of revelation about. Glory be to God. So, Peter, or Apostle Peter is saying here, that I know you probably know these things to an extent, but I want to remind you, alright, so that you can stand firm in the truth that you have been taught previously. Glory be to God. Can we have uh, verse 16 and verse 18? Over 16 to verse 18 in Tipiti. That's the Passion Translation. Verse 16 to verse 18 in the Passion Translation. We're going to look at a lot of translations um, because... Just to help with our understanding, basically. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. Alright, I read. It says, We were not retelling some masterfully crafted legend when we informed you of the power and appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we saw His magnificence and splendor unveiled before our very eyes. What is Peter trying to say here? That you see, this Jesus that we are talking about, this Jesus that we are declaring unto you, we actually saw him with our very eyes. Hallelujah. And verse 17, he says, The Father God lavished upon him radiant glory and honor when his distinct voice spoke out of the realm of majestic glory, endorsing him with these words, This is my cherished son, man by my love, all blessed are by him. Now verse 18, he says, And we ourselves, he's speaking about the Mount of Transfiguration here, Hallelujah. He says, we ourselves, because at the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus took Peter, James, and John, it wasn't just Jesus alone that heard that voice. Do you agree? They also heard it. So he says, we also heard it. So these things that were communicating, this Jesus that were declaring unto you, we saw him, we were with him. You see, many of the times, we believers don't like to be established in proper revelation of the word. If we start research now, I think I said last year research, that if we start now and we start saying, oh yeah, ah, I sense this, 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 this is happening here. I, I receive a word for this, 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 I declare this and that. We are ready to, I receive. We claim all those things, we claim, but we don't sit down with the word. And it is the word of God that can build us. Many of us, when we hear, you know, of teachings like this, we're like, okay, the man Christ Jesus. 
how it take help me. I'm trying to find my purpose in life. So how does the man Christ Jesus help me? I need money. How does the man... Am I, am I communicating? Come on, be real with me. Am I communicating? So, you see, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first. There must be parity. There must be parity. Hallelujah. So, Peter talks about Jesus' transfiguration here in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16, verse 18. And he says, we saw these things with our very eyes. So, these things that are written in the scriptures, it's not just that somebody just woke up one morning. Somebody asked me a question, I think it was two years ago, and the person was like, how do I know the Bible is authentic? So, I can just wake up one morning and just start writing something. I mean, if you go out to evangelize, you will see different kind of things. How do I know? How do I know? This Peter. So, I can write something too now. Abi, okay, ask yourself. So you are a Christian now. Come on, you are a Christian, Abi. You have the Holy Spirit. So why have you not written your own Bible? <laughs> Abi, now these people that wrote the Bible, they have the Holy Spirit now. <laughs> Hallelujah. These things that were written were for us to learn and to be established in the truth of our faith. Listen, this thing we are teaching today and tomorrow, I'm telling you, is one of the very core, I mean very core, foundations of the Christian faith. If we don't understand this thing I'm saying, remember we are in the last days, many of us, or some of us, and I say many, I'm not talking about those of us that are here now. I'm talking about believers worldwide. Believers universal. Many of us will easily fall like a pack of cards when persecution comes. Let's go very quickly. Second Peter. Okay, we're here Second Peter. Luke chapter 1. Let's do Luke chapter 1. Before we go to Luke chapter 1, let's do... There's something I want to say. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5. Let's just, let's just go to KJV. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5. Once we are there, let's read. Is he up? Alright, let's read. Once we go. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. You see, in our generation, many of us Chase after the form of godliness. Not after God himself. And I'll explain what I mean. So you come for a prayer meeting. Alright? And you are not used to probably hugging a pole when you want to pray. And then you see somebody hugging a pole when he's praying. That's a form. It's even possible that that person is not actually connecting to God. And many of us chase the form of godliness. So this, this person prays this way. I want to pray that way. This person talks this way. I want to talk that way. Men are not our standards. I mean, it's good to 
you know, to refer to, oh, I had this teaching, I had this message, this person said this thing, oh, this message blessed me, oh, my pastor is a blessing to me. But listen, you too have a walk with God. You too have something you can lay hold and say, I know this about God. Don't chase after a form. I will explain what I mean in more, in more, practical, in more practical sense. And it, it's, it's not entirely bad. Sometimes it's subconscious. For example, if you hear somebody say, we are online, should I say this now? If you hear maybe a pastor now, you don't know the church is pastoring. Alright? And the person says something like, let somebody shout hallelujah. What first comes to your mind? Talk now. Pastor Adeboe, right? If you hear a deeper life pastor, you most likely know from the way he talks that this is a deeper life pastor. How many of you can witness what I'm saying? So, it's not entirely bad. Because when you follow genuinely, there is usually that robot. But what I'm trying to say is that be careful. Be careful such that it's not deformed. If, imagine, imagine this mic is a bottle. Okay, please, um, the mother please help me with that bottle. I think that's, so I will not imagine this is a bottle. Alright, now, this is the bottle, right? Water is inside it. If I pour this water inside, say, a bowl, oval shape, the water takes the form of the container. So now, I see somebody that probably doesn't sound somehow. And then I think, this person is not deep. Because the person is not having the form I'm expecting. And then for you, the form, permit me to use the word form. Alright? The form of godliness that it's your wiring. You choose to say, no, no, I want this one. Say. This thing I'm saying is a major problem. Very, very major problem. Don't, see, don't judge your level of spirituality based on physical postures. So you see somebody occupy a certain physical posture in prayer. And then you think that person is more deeper than you. Who doesn't pray loud? Now, am I saying there is no place for praying loud? That's not what I'm saying. Rather, I'm saying that, listen. Don't chase the form. Chase God. You can see earthquake. You can see fire. You can see everything. And yet, God is not in it. Are you following what I'm saying? Whereas God is in the still small voice. Glory be to God. Are we following this? Alright. So Luke chapter 1. Let's go back to our teaching. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 4. Luke chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 4. So I started out by, by showing to us that Peter was proving that he had been with Jesus. He had seen Jesus. He was with him. It was there when certain events took place. So, this teaching, this declaration about Christ is not a myth. 
It's real. And now Luke also defends the same thing. Luke also says the same thing. Luke chapter 1 verse 1 to verse 4. Can we read together? One to go. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order mm-hmm, a declaration of those things which are so there are certain things that in the Christian faith they are most surely believed amongst us. There are certain things that are whether you are from whatever denomination there are certain things that are most surely believed amongst us. And this teaching is one of them. Let's keep reading verse 2. Even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were what? Eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. Now look at verse 3. It says, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things, from the very first, to write unto you, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightst what? Know, uh-huh. know the certainty of those things. That your conviction will be so strong that you will be stable on the revelation that indeed Jesus came. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. Jesus resurrected. Jesus ascended. This thing is something that many other religions don't agree with the Christian faith about. Am I right? How do you say Jesus? Does God have a wife? By the time you are engaged in discussions with people from different faiths and you are talking to them about the gospel, many of them don't agree with some of these things. But listen, this is what we stand for. This is what we believe. And we believe it not just because we just want to believe it. We believe it because it is the truth. Will opposition now come because of what we believe? Yes, it will. Will contentions come because of what we believe? Yes, it will. In fact, Jesus said it himself. He said, blessed are you when you are persecuted for my name's sake. It will happen. Let's read this verse. These verses in Amphir Classic. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 4. In Amphir Classic. Are you still awake? All right. Amplified classic. It says, since, as is well known, many have undertaken to put in order and draw up a thorough narrative of the surely established deeds which have been accomplished and fulfilled in and among us. Verse 2. Exactly as they were handed down to us by this who, from the official beginning of Jesus' ministry, were what? And what? Ministers of the word. That is of the doctrine containing the attainment through Christ of salvation in the kingdom of God. Verse 3. It seemed good and desirable to me. And so I have determined also, after, after having searched out diligently and followed all things closely, 
and traced accurately the cost from the highest to the minute detail. From the very first to write an orderly account to you, most excellent Theophilus. Verse 4, can we read verse 4 together? My purpose is that you may know the full truth. This is why I'm doing this to you. This is why I believe the Lord has led us along this line. The purpose is so that we may know the full truth. And what? Understand with certainty and security against error. Against error. So that we can stand firm. We can stand fast in these things that we believe. Against error, the accounts and doctrines of the faith which you have been informed and in which you have already instructed. Now, what is the account that St. Luke is talking about or Dr. Luke is talking about? Acts chapter 1 and verse 1. I'm laying a foundation, but just follow me. What is the foundation, sorry, what is the account, rather, that St. Luke is trying to communicate? What is it, why, why did he write that book to Theophilus? There is something he's trying to give an account of. So Acts chapter 1 and verse 1, can we read it together? The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus. So you see he's writing to Theophilus again. Are you with me? Are you with me? And then he says, of all that Jesus began to do and teach, verse 2, until the day he was taken up. Let's stop there. So the this account is to make an accurate defense. Is to give you an accurate witness of all that Jesus did and taught. All that Jesus began to do and teach. So like I said earlier on, research this year is to help us strengthen our foundations of the faith. It's to help strengthen our foundations in the things that we have some level of understanding about. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. So like I said, what is the topic? The man Christ Jesus. So let's look at some of our anchor text and then we dive in further into the word. First Peter chapter 2. If you're following us online, please also open the scriptures as we call them. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 21. So now that we understand that this teaching is going to strengthen our foundation, please I want us to open our hearts. The Bible says if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Many times the reason why our looks like it is shaky is because our foundations are not strong enough. So please, I want to encourage you. You might be, ah, this teaching, why is there no, ah, I'm not feeling anything. Just follow. Follow the teaching. Develop time for the word. Open the scriptures. See these things for yourself. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 21. Alright, the Bible says, For even hereunto were ye called, uh-huh, because Christ also suffered for us, the, and what did he do? Leaving us an example that what? We should follow in his steps. Hebrews chapter 12, verse. let's just read all the anchor scriptures, and then I would just make a few explanations. Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to verse 2. I'm just trying to lay foundation before we get deeper and deeper in the word. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to verse 2. 
The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every way that sin that us beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set for us, looking unto Jesus. Who is he? The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, did what? Endured the cross, despised the shame, and now he sat down at the right hand of, of the throne of God. So we are looking unto Jesus. The third anchor scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 2. That's where we actually see the phrase, the man Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, For there is, come on, shout it out. For there is one God and one mediator between God and, who is the mediator? It says, the man Christ Jesus. Now, when we use the word mediator, what does that mean? Come on, talk to me, talk to me. Somebody says intercessor, please. I want, I want cross answers. Don't worry, I'll pick it. Intercessor, eh? Do you have any, ah, lawyer? You should know who it is. Spokesperson, okay. Is that what you said? I want to hear lawyer, oh yeah, lawyer. Ah. Eh? Somebody has said intercessor. <laughs> oh yeah, phone a friend, phone a friend, phone a friend. Middle man. Intermediary. He's the bridge. Jesus is the bridge between God and man. Verse 6. It says, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. That due time is right now. Did you get what I just said? Let's read again. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 to verse 6. Let's read it in, together. One to go. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, uh -huh, who gave himself a ransom for all to be... So that due time is right now. Are you getting what I'm saying? What we are doing right now is the testimony of the Lord Jesus. We are giving that testimony of the Lord Jesus, of what he came to do and teach. The fourth, the fourth anchor scripture, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to verse 8. I want us to read this in TBT and NLT. Now, there is nothing wrong with KJV, but I just want us to just understand. I will ask you to read KJV, NLT, TBT, but time. So, Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5 to verse 8. Let's first do TPT. Then we'll do NLT. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5. CPT. Alright. Do we have it? Thank you so much. Alright. Can we together one to go? And consider the example that Jesus the anointed one has set before us. What does the Bible now say? Let his, let his mindset become your motivation. 
that as a child of God, I want to understand how did Jesus do life? Because he actually came to live upon this earth. So, how did he live this life? Some of us are like, ah, to live this Christian life is our do. But Jesus did. He is our perfect example. The Bible says we should consider his example. Look at verse 6. Want to go. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as a supreme prize. So he was one with God. He was actually equal with God. Because Jesus is God. Verse 7. Don't worry, I will explain all of that much later. Verse 7. It says, instead, he emptied himself. So, you see why at the beginning of this teaching, I started by urging us to just thank God for his love. Because look at this. He could have just said, these people, they are not worth dying for. Let me just stay. What is man that you are mindful of him? Verse 7. It says, instead he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to what? Come on, come on, read with me. By reducing himself to what? The form of a... Then what does the Bible now say? He became human. Now, how many of you play video games here? Like, okay. How many of you know what is called God of War? Is it God of War? There's a video game called God of War. Okay. Superhero movies, who call? Okay, if you don't watch me. Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Ah, ah. Wow. Hey. Okay, how many of you know Superman? You have asked Superman before. Ah, thanks. <laughs> okay, now, imagine that Superman left the super. He abandoned the super and said, let me become man without the super. That was not even give a vivid explanation of what I'm trying to portray. That's the extent of God's love. That he left all of that glory. The Bible says he became human. Wait, think of what we're saying. The God that created you, 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 that created the heavens and the earth, he became, are you scared? He became, okay, you think Jesus is like the second born of the Godhead, then the Holy Spirit is the last born? No. He became human. Um, so I'll send you something right, right, right now. Or who can I send it to? Okay. There's something we're going to read shortly, and I don't want to forget, so I just want to be sentient, because we're going to read it. Oh, glory to God. Come on, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Alright, I've sent it. Alright, let's keep our reading. Let's continue our reading. Verse 8. Can we read verse 8 together? One to go. 
He humbled himself. Now, wait. He became a... Hey, they spat on God. Do you know? <laughs> they beat God. <laughs> so far, like, ah, wait, wait, wait. Ah, ah. Don't you know that? To, to show you the extent to which the disciples knew that this man is, is, is God and his man. They were like, should we call down fire? At some point. Do you know that? When, when they came to even arrest him. He said, if I, if I just... Help. All those soldiers, they will just enter the ground. They will not fall down. It's not fall down. They will enter the ground to swallow them. So it was as though Jesus hid his divinity, became man. He didn't lose his divinity even when he came upon the earth. No. But he kept it and manifested himself as a man. Even though he is God. Hallelujah. The Bible says he became vulnerable. To be reviewed as what? Choosing to be reviewed as a... You could have chosen to be reviewed as a dog now. Don't you? You could have chosen to be reviewed as an angel. But he chose to be reviewed as a man. And was obedient. The Bible says he was our what? Perfect example. Even in his death. Hallelujah. So what are the objectives of, of this teaching? I want you to write it down so you won't forget. Listen, for somebody that's wondering, why, why are we looking at this thing? Someday you will need this teaching. One day you will need this teaching. Yeah. With all these new age practices, all these funny things, I'm not on Twitter, and I don't think I want to be on Twitter, but I have an idea. Maybe like 1% idea of the madness that goes on there. You see, there was one idea, I manifest my car. Okay, do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, don't Ah, Who knows what I'm talking about? Say, I manifest. So, you know, we, we do faith declaration, Abby. So, you know, I... This car is mine. Oh, like they, say, they will say they are speaking to the universe. So the universe is manifesting what? Ebola, Jasibai. So you see why these things are important? Why doctrine is important? It's important. It's important. So what are the objectives of this teaching? Number one, To develop, please write it down, take note of this. Number one, to develop fresh regard. Why are we looking at this? Tomorrow morning we're going to have a Bible study session and then a final session in the, in the afternoon. So it's just it's a full package. Number one, to develop fresh regard and reverence for Christ's sacrifice for all humanity. 
and better appreciate it. I'll read it again. To develop fresh regard. I'm doing like a project defense, have you? I'm doing this so that we'll just really understand. We will know where we are headed. Alright. So develop fresh regard and reverence for Christ's sacrifice for all humanity. And better approach God's love manifested towards us. And better appreciate, rather. Better appreciate God's love manifested towards us. Do we have that written down? Okay, let me say it again. To develop fresh regard and reverence for Christ's sacrifice for all humanity or all, man, or all mankind, even creation itself. And better approach God's love manifested towards us. I know it's long. So do we have it now? I should go again one more time. I should go again one more time. Alright, we're good. Okay, number two. To help us understand, acknowledge, and appreciate the divinity of Christ. And I will explain why we're, why we're doing this. To help us understand, acknowledge, and appreciate the divinity of Christ. Do we have that written down? Alright, good. So, to help us understand, acknowledge, and appreciate the divinity of Christ. Number three, to help us understand, acknowledge, and appreciate the humanity of Christ. To help us understand, acknowledge, and appreciate the humanity of Christ. And then the final objective of this teaching is for us to learn, for us to learn, please don't be distracted, for us to learn about Jesus' earthly life and ministry. For us to learn about Jesus' earthly life and ministry and embrace his pattern of living in our own personal life as believers. For us to learn about Jesus' earthly life and living, and earthly life and ministry, rather, and embrace his pattern of living in our own personal lives as believers. Glory be to God. So, where we're actually going, the climax of this teaching is the fourth objective. Are you with me? Come on, are you with me? The, the objective, the final, the, the final objective, which is for us to learn about Jesus' earthly life and ministry and embrace his pattern of living in our own personal life as believers, that's the, the final place we are headed. But for us to get there, we have to first deal with the first three. So can we, can we just mention the objectives together? One to go. To develop fresh regard and reverence for Christ's sacrifice for all humanity and better appreciate God's love manifested towards us. Number two, to help us understand and acknowledge and appreciate the divinity of Christ. Number three, to help us understand, acknowledge and appreciate the humanity of Christ. Number four, for us to learn about Jesus' earthly life and ministry and embrace his pattern of living in our own personal life as believers. Good. So now let's begin to break the objective. Are you ready? We're about to go on a journey. Are you ready? 
fasten your seat belt as we embark on this beautiful ride. Alright, so I want us to talk about the Trinity. Let's start by talking about the Trinity. Because I've said earlier in the, in the teaching that Jesus is God. But there are many people, many religions that do not agree with this. Many people don't even understand the concept of Trinity. How you say that one God, three persons or three personalities? How is that possible? Hallelujah. And the first thing I want to say when talking about the Trinity is this. And I want you to listen to me and get this. There is a reason why we are called believers. We are believers because we believe in the truth of God's word as God has said it. And as God has revealed it. God's word is our final authority. As believers. The word of God is our final authority. It's our final authority. Let me show you a very interesting scripture. Psalm... This is Psalm 12 now. I think I have it here. Yes. Psalm 12 and verse 6. Psalm 12 and verse 6. Can we have it in NIV? Psalm 12 and verse 6. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You believe that God is here, right? It's not until we are feeling goosebumps. Yeah. Hallelujah. Alright, can we read together? One to go. And the word of the Lord is flawless. Like silver, purified in a crucible. Like gold, refined seven times. KJV says, the word of God has been tried seven times. The word of God has existed for many, many, many years. Are you not amazed that we still open this Bible and we still discover new things? Does it not amaze you? True, true. This cannot be the, it cannot be the product of a man. It has the breath of God upon it. Hallelujah. So what we're talking about, the Trinity, is something that we understand and we believe by faith. Because even the word Trinity, you will not find it in the Bible. The same way you will not find the word rapture in the Bible. Do we know that? Okay, if you don't know, I'm telling you. You won't see the word Trinity in the Bible, but at several instances, all over the scriptures, New Testament, Old Testament, we see the picture of the Trinity portrayed. And you cannot explain, you can't explain God with logical. There is a limit to which logic can explain God. Use the scriptures. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Alright. Check out you soon. Alright. Hallelujah. So the Trinity talks about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I know we know that. Right? It's not new to us. But these are things that we believe as Christians. And why, why is the understanding of the Trinity pivotal to what we are teaching? Why is it crucial to what we are teaching? Because when you understand 
when you understand the Trinity, then you will better understand the Incarnation. The Incarnation talks about that God became flesh. And when you understand that, you will appreciate the divinity of Christ and then appreciate the humanity of Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? Don't worry, as we go into the scriptures, we will understand this better. Alright. So can we, can we have what I sent to you? Not yet. Okay. Just so everyone is ready. So let's, let's look at a few scriptures just to explain the Trinity. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Open, open your Bibles. John chapter 14, verse 16 to verse 17. John chapter 14, verse 16 to verse 17. Please open your Bibles. So that the next time somebody is like, Ah, how can you say that one God, three persons? The Bible. Don't go and start looking for, you know, we have the sun, the moon, the star. Don't, don't, don't stress yourself. Use the word of God. Use the word of God. John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 16. Are we there? Are we there? Alright. Now, who is speaking here? Hmm? Alright, so let's do it together. And I, who is I? Jesus, will pray thee, and he shall send you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17. Even the spirit of truth. So, I, who is I? Jesus, we pray thee, Father, to send thee. Is that Trinity or is it not Trinity? Answer now. Another scripture. Matthew, before we go to Matthew, he said, even at, when, when they came from and announced to Mary that we are going to, we are going to carry Jesus, so we'll see it again. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 34 to 35. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, 34 to 35. Glory be to Jesus. Are we good? Are we ready? Alright, let's read. It says, Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be? Seeing uh-huh, that I know not a man. And what? The angel answered and what? Said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you, Therefore, the holy thing which, will, which shall be born of thee shall be called. So we see the Holy Ghost. We see the Son of God. We see the power of the highest. Another scripture. At Jesus' baptism. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3 verse 16 to verse 19.
Matthew chapter 3, from verse 16 to verse 17. Alright, let's do it together. One to go. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw, so we've seen Jesus, who do we see now? The Spirit of God descended like a dove, lightning upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying what? This is my beloved son. For someone who say, this is my beloved son, he means blessing the Father. Abi? In whom I am well pleased. So we see three persons here. Hallelujah. So the Trinity talks about that God is one, yet three persons. It doesn't mean that they are separate persons, no. But that one God, three persons, three manifestations, three personalities. And this is the very core of the Christian faith. Are we good to go? Okay. Hallelujah. You know, I wrote something down while I was just preparing my notes. And I was just thinking about the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit said to me, He said, He said, Believe in the foolishness of God and you will enter into the wisdom of God. I will explain what I'm saying. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 25. Please open your Bibles there. Because when we talk about one God, three verses, how, how, how? Your question is not to keep asking how. Believe what God, God's word says. I just showed us just about two or three witnesses in scriptures that talks about the Trinity, but they are countless. They are countless. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 25. It says, because the foolishness of God is what? Wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. So my question is, if the foolishness of God is wiser than men, or wiser than the wisdom of men, how much more is the wisdom, how much more is the wisdom of God? I don't know if you got what I'm saying. It takes believing in the foolishness of God to enter into the wisdom of God. Do you get what I'm saying? It, it takes believing that one God, three persons, to enter into this thing. Hallelujah. It takes, the, it takes believing, believe it. It may sound foolish to your natural mind, but believe it. Because when you believe it, that's when you step into the experience. Of the wisdom of God. How you say, God came in the flesh to save me, to die for me, to do this, to do that. I believe it by faith. It sounds foolish, but I believe it. And in believing it, I come into the economy of God's wisdom. Are you getting what I'm saying, please? Come on, are you following what I'm saying? Are we good? Alright, so, now, I mean, Exodus is, we don't have any bias to any denomination, alright? But, while preparing, there was, there was this creed 
that, that just popped up in my spirit. And maybe because I, I, I come from an Anglican background, that's why, <laughs> because we used to read it a lot. But you know, while just studying it, I was like, come on, these people are deep. Because if I had to do a lot of research to so ensure that when I'm bringing it up here, alright, in this meeting, there will, no, there will not be any bias whatsoever. That, oh, because I have to now see that, okay, this thing actually was written for the church universal. And it's called the Nicene Creed. How many of us have heard of that book? The Nicene Creed. So we're going to read it together. And we're going to see this thing. The Trinity. I just want to show us this Trinity thing. When I, I read it again, I was like, wow. Wow. See, we need to revisit some things, though. Yeah. Some of these that we think are they're not deep, they're not deep. Let's do all these four thousand realms that you are looking for. Oh god, leave four thousand realms. Though. Are we ready? Come on, come on, jack yourself up. Are you ready? Alright, one to go. I believe in one God. The f- is it projected? Come I'm not ready now. Alright, one to go, let's go. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. One person. First person of the Trinity. Do you see that? Do you see it? Let's continue. Uh-huh. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God Stop, 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 stop. Don't rush, don't, don't rush, don't rush. God from... Now, when we talk about God the Father, we're not talking about of biology, the way you're thinking about it. We're talking about source. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about source. That is the source. So it says, Jesus is God from... God from God. Let's continue reading. Life from, true God from, begotten not, consubstantial with the Father. It says, through Him, all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, He came down from heaven. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, was what? Incarnate of the Virgin Mary. And what? So this thing we are talking about is not a new revelation. These people wrote this thing during the time of one emperor like that. I forgot his name. It was written many years back. Many years back. And it was written for the church universal. It was written for the global body of Christ. He says, for our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with Jesus. He ascended to heaven and is what? Seated. And right on the Father. He says he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. So we've looked at person two. Have we? Alright, good. Don't be distracted. Don't try it. Now, person three. I believe in the. Can I have it? Okay, prayer is up. Okay. 
The next one is, I believe in the Spirit. So we started with, we started with I believe in one God. The Father Almighty. Then we went to, I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ. And now, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Watch this. He says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord. Because many of you are, the Holy Spirit is the errant boy of the goddess. But he says, he says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord. Do you know the reason why many of us are like careless now? Because I have the Holy Spirit. We don't really see the Holy Spirit as Lord. We don't really see him as God. Since I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. Hey. Since the giver of life. And I said maybe we should search for it on Google, but say you not have. Oh yeah, oh yeah, search for it, search for it. So I can see what I'm saying. Just search for it. Nicene Creed. N-I-C-N-E. Okay, it's up. Alright, it is up. Let's just, let's just go on the screen. Oh yeah, let's just go on the screen. <laughs> Alright. Okay, can we all see it? Alright. So, I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Lord. The giver of life. He says, who proceeds from the Father and the who with the is and glorified. Who has spoken through the and is still speaking today. Even through the prophets. He says, I believe in one holy Catholic. Twenty so years uses word Catholic, just about universal church. He's not talking about the denomination. He's talking about the church universal. I believe in one holy, universal, global, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. This is what we believe. This is what we believe. Hallelujah. So it takes believing the foolishness of God to enter into the wisdom of God. You must settle this thing in your heart. One God, three persons. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. So now we've looked at the Trinity. Now let's look at the incarnation. Let's look at the incarnation. That God, that Jesus is fully God and fully man. How? What does that mean? Hallelujah. Now, let me ask you a question. I'll get your answer, then I'll answer it. But I think after, now that I said I'll answer it, you don't want to give me your answer. <laughs> Should I still ask? Okay. Has Jesus always been man? Don't worry, just answer, just, just answer, just answer. Yeah? Has he always been a man? No. Do we all agree? You agree. So what was he doing before he came on the earth? He was with God. <laughs> eh? So 
Talk now. Talk, 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 talk. Come on, talk. I know he was with God. Tell him, where was he? He was in He was not with Satan now. Where, what was he doing? Oh. <laughs> what was he doing? They were running together. What was he doing? <laughs> Hallelujah. John chapter 1, verse 1 and verse 2. So even before Jesus, because Jesus' role in the Godhead did not just become active when he came upon the earth. That's what he was doing. In John chapter 1 verse 1 to verse 2, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, the same was in the beginning. Uh-huh. With God, uh-huh. All things were made by Him. So when we remember Genesis chapter 1, at creation, Jesus was right there. In fact, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 shows us another portrait of the Trinity. It says, let us make man. So, he was active in creation. Number two, there is what we call the pre-incarnate manifestations of Jesus. That is, before Jesus became a man, there were certain manifestations we see of him even in the Old Testament. A typical example of this is when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire. What did they say? What did Nebuchadnezzar say rather? Because they, they did not even know that Hawkman was in fire with them. Do you know? And that tells us a story. Because many times when we are facing challenges, we lose consciousness that God is with us. Whereas somebody is seen as God did this person back home. But you, you are not seeing that fourth man that is standing with you. Okay, let's read it. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 25. In fact, they say something. Nebuchadnezzar says, this fourth man is looking like the son of man. That was what he said. Let's read Daniel 3 and verse 25. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 25. Oh, we give you praise. He says, he answered and said, I see four men lose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no heart. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Pardon me, I said Son of Man. He says, it's like the Son of God. So he had pre-incarnate manifestations. As several times they appear as like, they call, him, they call it the angel of the Lord. The same way in the Old Testament, when you read about the hand of God, I'm not talking about the, like literally the hand, like the hand of God now stretched down his hand from like the clouds. You know, the hand of God came upon Elijah. So it's not, it's not that, it's not that the hand of God. Now you get what I'm saying. That was just a manifestation of the spirit upon. So the hand of God, the finger of God, these things are symbolical of the Holy Spirit. When you see the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, it points to Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? So for example, when Moses had that encounter at the burning bush, that was actually a pre-incarnate manifestation of Christ. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. But now, we are really focusing on his incarnation. That he is divine, yet now he became human. And he is still human till now. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in heaven right now, as a man, even though he is God. Hallelujah. So, as we wrap up this part, or as we wrap up this, the teaching for today, I want us to look at the divinity of Christ and then the humanity of Christ. The divinity of Christ and the humanity of Christ. Tomorrow, by the grace of God, we are going to... Yeah. We're going to dive in further. But are you learning something, please? Listen, you don't have to examine What matters most for me is that this teaching gets you more rooted in the faith. Hallelujah. So the divinity of Christ. Jesus is fully God. Somebody said after me. Jesus is fully God. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Oh, thank you, Lord. Jesus is what? Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Alright. We're going to read together. One, two, go. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. I remember when I was in primary school, I used to ask Joseph. <laughs> so when we used to do that Christmas, we always do this scripture. <laughs> it was a primary school, so this is what I say. This I'm not lying. <laughs> now, it says, the government shall what? Be upon his shoulder now. Let's read together. And his name shall be called what? Come on, come on, come on. Don't be distracted. His name shall be what? Called Wonderful Counselor. Eh? Stop. The now start from the beginning. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Say it now, you shy. The mighty, that the child that is born shall be called, shall be called what again? The, and what? The everlasting father. The child that is. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? So when Jesus was born, he didn't stop being God. That's what I'm trying to say. Are you with me? So Jesus is fully God. Now, let's look at three, okay, four, four ways by which we know that Jesus is fully God. Four ways by, we, by which we know that Jesus is fully God. Number one. Oh, shalabaradabadabadas. Jesus called himself God. Yeah. 
He called himself God. In the gospel according to John, we have what we call the seven I am's of Christ. Now, some people say it's eight, but it's not about the number. The point is the I am's. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. And if we read Exodus chapter 3 and verse 14, let's just quickly open it. Exodus 3 and verse 14. This was after that God had encountered Moses and then asked him, and then Moses asked God, alright, who would I say has sent me? And God responded by saying what? What did God respond? Is he up? Exodus 3.14. What did God respond by saying? I am that I am. And then Jesus comes on the scene. And he says, I am. John chapter 8 and verse 68. Let's look at it. John chapter 8 and verse 68. Alright, now we're together. I want to go. John 8.58 Good. Alright. Let's read together. One to go. Jesus uh-huh, said unto them, Verily, verily, I say, Before He's not supposed to say I was. The point here was trying to prove was not English. Whether it's English or not. He was not even speaking English. Yet. I mean, they didn't speak English during that time Hope you know. Yeah. He says, before Abraham was, I am. That is, I have been existing. I am God. That's the point he's trying to prove. Hallelujah. He says, I am. I am. Just write down these scriptures because of time. This, the seven I am's that we have in the Gospel of John. John chapter 8 and verse 12. He says, I am the light of the world. John chapter 8 and verse 12. I am the light of the world. John chapter 6 and verse 35. He says, I am the bread of life. John chapter 6 and verse 35. I am the bread of life. John verse 7, it says, I am the door of the sheep. John chapter 10 and verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. John 14, John 11, 25. And now I'm being very fast. Okay. I am the good shepherd, John 10, 11. You know, we have just two days. So I would want you to now go back after these two days. Go and read these things. Study them yourself. I want to equip you with enough revelation. John 11 verse 25. It says, I am the resurrection and life. John 14, 6, popular one. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 15 verse 1. It says, I am divine. Hallelujah. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. Can we have it? First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. I, I want you to read this scripture 
with your loudest voice. So that after you finish, you say it. You're like, ah. Our voice has gone. His voice has gone. I'm joking. But I'm not joking. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Are we ready? You know, I love the way this verse starts. <laughs> it says, without controversy. What does that mean? Beyond reasonable doubt. You don't have any argument against this. Are we ready to read? Are we ready? Want to go? And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was made manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received unto glory. Great is the mystery of godliness that God was made manifest in the flesh. This is the mystery. But you see, this is the good part. It's no longer a mystery to you. Because God doesn't want to stay as a mystery to you. No. To the unbeliever, God can be a mystery. But to the believer, God doesn't want to remain a mystery to you. He wants you to know Him. God is not hiding himself from you. He stands on you to gain by hiding himself from you. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, if time allows us, the Bible says that Jesus is is the visible image of the invisible God. So, God does not want to remain a mystery to you. Great is the mystery of godliness. That this mystery, this thing that was a mystery long time ago, that you now can understand it. Hallelujah. John chapter 20 and verse 28. Jesus is fully God. John chapter 20 and verse 28. I really hope we are getting blessed. Listen, you might not excite your emotions. I've said it again and I'm saying it again. I've said it before and I'm saying it again. But I'm telling you, if you can grasp this thing, who have the flows in the Holy Ghost, who have all of those things. But listen, I, I really want us, my, my greatest desire for this year's reset in particular is that we are established in the world. Do I want us to have miracles? Yes, and we would. Do I want us to have all of those things? Yes, and we would. But I really want us to live with the Word of God. So, John... What scripture that called? John 28, right? Good. Glory to God. Let's read. He says, And Thomas answered and said to him, Who was he speaking to? What did he call him? My Lord and my God. If he stopped at my Lord, he would have said, Boya, as far, servant and Lord. But I don't wake up and call my boss my God now. Nothing can enter my head and say, Oh God, my God. My Lord. This was after Jesus' resurrection. Because he saw that, ah, 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 ah. This guy that died three days before. Now he's alive. If you read verse, if you read verse 27. Let's read verse 27. The Bible says, Then said he to Thomas, Reach 
either thy finger and behold my hand, and reach either thy hand and trust into my side, and be not faithless but believing. So when Peter, when Thomas, rather, when Thomas did this, ha, 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 Thomas, this man is not just a man. He's God. He exclaimed, My Lord and my God. This kind of thing can only, it can, it can only be God. Are you following what I'm saying? First John chapter 5, verse 20. First John chapter 5, verse 20. Oh, hey, I think I have young kids. First John 5, verse 20. Are we ready? Come on, let's read. Once you go. And we know that the Son of God is come. Uh huh. And has given us an understanding that we may what? Know Him that is true. And we are in Him that is, uh huh, even His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the, who is the true God? Come on, who is the true God? And eternal life. John chapter 21. Am I correct with that scripture now? Let's do, let's do, let's do 1 Corinthians 8, 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 6. Shalom, take it, Shalom, take it. Only Yeshua, we reign forever. To his kingdom, there'll be no end. And there are kings, there are kingdoms, and there are mountains, and there are thrones. Only Yeshua, we reign forever. To his kingdom, there'll be nowhere. Are we there? First Corinthians 8 and verse 6. Can we together? Want to go? But to us, there is but one, the Father, of whom? Source, source, of whom? The word half is the Greek word ek, which means sourced from. Sourced from. Sourced from. So when we talk about God the Father, we're talking about Abba, the source. He says, of whom are all things and we in Him. Now, what is the next thing? And one Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we change this. Is it adjective now? Or is it adjective? I look at adjective. What is the of by? What is it in English? Adverb. Okay. He changes the adverb. And he says, and what? By whom? So, God the Father, of whom? The source. Jesus Christ, who is also God. By whom? Are you getting what I'm saying? This is the difference in their office and in their expressions. It is the same God, but their expressions are different. God the Father is the source. Of whom? Remember when we read the Nicene Creed. It says, God from 
God. True God from true God. A theologian once said this. He said Jesus is the only begotten God. So when Jesus came to the earth, he didn't lose his divinity. The reason why I'm talking to us about his divinity is that when we understand his divinity, then we understand his, his humanity. Because when you understand that, Como, this, this person is God. And he became human. You will better appreciate his humanity. Do you get what I'm... Are you with me? He has always been God. He is always God. Because God can never change. Jesus, the same yesterday, today and forever, talks about his divinity. Number two reason why we know that Jesus is fully God. Number two reason why we know that Jesus is fully God. He manifested God-like attributes. He manifested God-like attributes. Luke chapter 5 and verse 20. Luke 5 and verse 20. Already. He says, and when he saw their faith, what did he do? He said unto them, Man, your sins are forgiven. There's a reason why he said man. To prove that I'm forgiving your sin as God. Are you following what I'm saying? That I have the authority as God to forgive your sins. Let's see how we, how we, how we show this omniscience now. Omniscient, I think that's a better word. John chapter 21 and verse 17. He showed that he is God, he knows all things. You see, Jesus in his humanity doesn't know all things. But Jesus in his divinity knew all things. So for example, when you see Jesus going to pray, that was a display of his humanity. He wanted to know the will of the Father. Being human, he did not know all things. But as God, He knows all things. John 21 and verse 17. John 21 and verse 17. He says, He said unto him the third time, Simon, Simon, lovest me thou. Peter was grieved because. Is it the right scripture? Okay, this is not what I'm looking for. Yes, this is the verse I'm looking for. He says, He said unto him, the church child, Simon, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him, the church child, lovest uh-huh, thou me? Then what? Hold on. 
said, Lord, you know all things, sir. That was an acknowledgement that we are God, though we know you are God. It's not given to men to know all things. Do you agree? But now, this same Jesus, in Matthew chapter 24, from verse 36, he says, nobody knows the time that I am coming, except the Father. It's not that he doesn't actually know. As God, he knows when he's coming back. But as man, he does not know. Do you get what I'm saying? I hope I'm not getting confused. Okay, let's read it. Matthew 24. I think I will just stop with this part of the divinity of Christ. Tomorrow, we will start from the humanity of Christ and just build from there. Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24, verse 36 to verse 37. Matthew 24, 36 to verse 37. It says, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no not the angels of heaven, but what? My father only. Now, now look at this one. He's saying nobody knows this thing except the father. Abi? Verse 37 starts with but. What is but? Why you use but? What are you trying to communicate? Exceptional. Now he now says. But as in the day of now, is he not contradicting himself? Are you seeing what I'm saying? Initially, you, so you see him manifesting both sides here. In verse 36, he's manifesting his humanity, saying, No, I don't know this thing, except the Father. But as in the day of now, so he actually knew as God, but as man. Are you with me? So, the second reason why we know that Jesus is fully God is that he manifested God-like attributes. And then the third reason, I said four rather, four earlier rather, but it's meant to be three, pardon me. The third reason why we know that Jesus is fully God is because you cannot separate God from Christ. You can't talk about the Godhead and not talk about Christ. You will see it all through the scriptures that you cannot talk about the Godhead and not talk about Christ. We don't all serve the same God, though. Let me tell you. We don't all serve the same God. And I say we, I'm talking about we Christians, believers, and other religions. We don't all serve the same God. Now, does this mean we now become hostile to these people? No. We extend this law to them. We preach the gospel. Are you following what I'm saying? But we still have to understand this thing. It's the truth. John 17 and verse 3. Jesus himself prayed. And he said, I, I pray, O God, that they may know you. The only please can we have it? John 17, 3. You know, we read first John 5 20. Don't forget that said Jesus is the true God. So look at it. John 17, 3 says that they may know this. The what? 
the only true God. And what? Jesus Christ that you have sent. So you can't separate God from His Christ. They are inseparable. They are inseparable. Jude chapter 1 and verse 25. Jude just has one chapter. So Jude 25. Can we have it in Ampere Classic? Jude chapter 1 verse 25. It says, To the one, mm-hmm, only God, I have. The one, only God, that is my God. See, it says, without controversy. Don't forget that scripture. First Timothy 3.16. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. I'm trying to be careful and not say some specific things because I don't want to offend anyone. But listen to me. The God we serve is the only true God. The one and the only. I can decide to make this my God. To me, I was, I was, I was this mic. That was why I sang that song earlier. There are kings and there are kingdoms, there are mountains and there are thrones. Only Jesus. We reign forever. To his kingdom there will be no end. Only Yeshua. We reign forever and ever. And to his kingdom there will be no end. To his kingdom there will be no end. Only Yeshua will reign forever and ever and ever. Ayala kala menokora bashige de beledika bahai. This Jesus that you believe in is the only true God. To his kingdom, there will be no end. Only Yeshua, I can see him right now. Hey, I can see him right now. I can see him right now. Ayabarato kombele kapali kapaya. Zekepa, arute kepali kapa. Seketekepa, rakataya, asumele kepa. 
Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies, your enemies, your footstool. Hey, holy Yeshua, we reign forever. Clash the symbols for me. And to his king, I am Barato Kimanandes. Hey, holy. I can see him shining in his glory so bright. Akali Barato Peleki Palata. Can you see him? This is the same Jesus that Saul is going on his way to Damascus. And the Bible says he fell upon his face.
our Savior. Bolu Ajoko Savior. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, he's my Savior. 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 Hey, as many who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's my Savior. He's my Savior. Ali Katala Matelekete. Says unto him, be the glory, be the splendor, be the majesty, be the might, be the dominion, be the power and authority. Now watch this. It says before all time. He had existed before all time. Now watch this. It says and now and forever. Aya kipala tonyapa. Amen. Ayakutea. Final scripture. As we wrap up today. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 15. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. I see power, I see grace, it's truth unveiled by the power, power of the Lord. Revelation 11 verse 16 says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in the, in the heavens. Saying the kingdoms of the world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. You can't separate them. Can we read verse 16? So that we see the reason why I'm saying we're going to worship. First, take about five to ten minutes, and then we wrap up the offering, and then we wrap up the meeting. Look at verse sixteen. Okay, let's let's read verse sixteen again. Let's read verse sixteen again. It says, "And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in the heavens, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord.' And what?" Of his Christ. And what? And he shall reign. He shall reign. In my life, he shall reign forever and ever. In my family, he is the only one that has the authority to reign forever and ever. In my business, he is the only one that has the authority to reign forever and ever. The devil does not have any authority. In my future, I may not know what the ten, what ten years from now might look like. Oh, but I know this: He shall reign forever and ever. Look at verse sixteen. It says, "And the four, based on this revelation, the Bible says, and the four and twenty elders, which sat before God." On their seats fell 
upon their faces and they worshipped God. What did they say? Look at verse 17. It says, saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord, God Almighty, which art uh-huh, and was and is to come. We are going to worship God in just about five to ten minutes. We take offering and we close. Listen. I don't have any leading to minister individually to people today. This is just what God told me. That we should just worship. At whatever point, I mean, there's, there are so many other things I still want to teach, but I will continue tomorrow. Because of time. And as we worship, I want you to pour your heart. Know that you are you're ministering to the Lord. The Lord. So whether it is you want to sit down, whether it is you want to stand, if you want to kneel, we're just going to just soak in worship. Five to ten minutes. I promise you before 5.30, we're done. Listen. God is going to be doing so much as we worship. If you are connected online, are we still on Mixer? Huh? We're still on Mixer? Okay, good. We're still on Facebook as well. For those online, you might be in your room. Tomorrow, by God's grace, I will give specific words. I will minister individually to people online, physically. But today, just minister to the Lord and have Him minister back to you. He is the mighty God. Ah, I hear this Asian song. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I'm just hearing that part of that song. Can we declare together? Jesus, oh. This is your moment right now, Sing your own song to him. I, I just want you to just, just, just 
release yourself to him right now.
Lion of Judah, seated on the throne, I hear you most Seated on the throne, I am. Surrender to him in a reckless abandon. Lion of Judah, seated on the throne,
You have just two minutes more. Make it count. Make it count. Believe me, some of you are leaving this meeting with something that will last you for the next five years. You are leaving this meeting with what will last you for the next five years. Don't play, don't play. Don't play at all. For the next one minute as we round up. Just worship. Just just stop. For some of you, God is saying, just surrender your life to me. Watch me make wonders with your life. I am good and I can be trusted. Why, why worry about the things that Gentiles worry about? Just in case you're yet to follow us on social media, you can do so at Exodus Global underscore on Instagram, at the Exodus Global on Facebook, and Exodus underscore Global on Telegram. For questions, counseling, and further inquiries, kindly send us a mail via the Exodus Global at gmail.com. We love and celebrate you. God bless you.